Now, let's not forget, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ died for the Pharisees as well. Right. Right. So he didn't hold bitterness in his heart and withhold good because that's mm-hmm. ultimately what happens. When you mm-hmm. hold bitterness or offense in your heart, it becomes a root of bitterness. You end up withholding good from the people that you should do good to. Right. We end up doing the very thing Jesus said not to do. When yeah. we're offended and we have a root of bitterness, you know how it says that we should do unto others as we'd have them to do unto us? Mm-hmm. When we get bitterness and offense in our hearts, we oftentimes do the opposite. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip encourage and challenge you in pro-life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel stay tuned i felt your passion touched your heart use me lord use me lord welcome back to the gospel centered pro-life podcast appreciate you guys joining us as always and i am here daniel parks with vicky cassior hey, hey everybody hey. how y'all right. doing I'm sure everybody's doing great because they get to hear from us again. Lucky them. Lucky them. Though there is no such thing as luck. That's right. Right. Just want to Um, clear that up. What would be the alternative then? They are so blessed. Blessed them. (laughs) They're blessed. They're blessed. Yes. Amen. Well, this topic hopefully will be a blessing. Hopefully by the end of this episode, you guys won't be offended at what we talk about. Yeah. Because we're going to be talking about offense. We're going to be talking about how in ministry, there is this trap of offense, or I actually had a conversation yesterday with one of the guys in the office that said I was saying it wrong. I was saying offense. He was Um, saying, that's what you do when you're playing football. Right. (laughs) This is offense. So I'm trying not to be offended or offended (laughs) by that and say it right. Um, Having a little fun with that. But this is a very, very serious subject. It is. It is. This is uh, a good portion of this is from the book, The Bait of Satan. Yeah. And yes, excellent book. And he makes the point, the author, John Bevere, or it could be Bevere. (laughs) We don't know. Yeah. Okay. John Bevere. Um, He makes the point that the, um, the danger of the trap of offense is that it can become a root of bitterness and it just destroys not only ministries, which is where we're going to focus, yeah. but really human relationships, all yeah. human relationships. Yeah. And um, and I think that is very true. As, as I was reading that book, I definitely had quite a few ouch moments. Yeah. 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 I think personally, mm-hmm. when you get born again mm-hmm. and give your life to Jesus, you should get two things. Mm-hmm. You should get a Bible, and mm-hmm. you need to read that every day. Mm-hmm. You know, man don't live on bread alone, but every word that comes Absolutely. from the mouth of God, give us this day our daily bread. You need your daily bread. Yeah. And you should get a copy of the Bait of Satan. Wow, it's that critical it's that in your critical. heart. I'm not wow. saying it's equal to the Bible by right. any stretch of the imagination. Right. But the trap of offense. Yeah. And the what I've seen offense do in my own life and the lives of others and what offense has done to destroy ministries, to split churches, is so detrimental to the body of Christ. Yeah. It's so deeply rooted in our hearts. We can so justify it, and it's mm-hmm. but it's so destructive yeah. that it needs to be dealt with. Yeah. And you know, I actually had all of my – my whole family went through that book. We mm. bought a copy for each of our kids. There's actually a version of it. And I'm not selling books here. I'm just saying <laughs> this book – 
is is powerful. And right. the truths that are in that book are so powerful. Everybody needs to take advantage of it. Yeah. There's one um, version of that book. I think you can find it on YouTube. Uh, not on YouTube, on Amazon. Right. And it's like a 30-day devotional version. So it has you read like a portion of the chapter, and then you go into the back and answer questions based on that portion that you read. We actually had each of our kids read that portion, answer the questions, and then we all talked about it as a family. Um, because offense can be so rooted in in our identity, us holding offense against people. People do that against their parents. They do yeah. that, that against their teachers. Mm-hmm. They do that against their children, their mm-hmm. grandparents. You know, all, all of the relationships that we have can have some point of offense that's connected to it. Yeah. And it can hold us back. It can. One of the things that surprised me reading the book was how often Jesus talks about it. Yeah. You know, the the first... We have a, an article, as we often do, that that um, goes along with this podcast. And the yeah. the right at the top of that article is uh, Luke seventeen one, where yeah. Jesus said, "It is impossible that no offense should come." Yeah, and and there are many other the in the book he cites yeah. many many um, yeah. biblical, yeah. Uh, you know, scripture that that talks about the danger of offense. Yeah, if you want to know. <clears throat> Three things that will hold you back from doing what God has called you to. Mm-hmm. It will be offense, mm-hmm. bitterness, mm-hmm. and disillusionment. Yeah. Offense, bitterness, and disillusionment will hold you back yeah. from doing and being what God has called you to do. And, and to they're be. so related. Yeah. They're so related. I think offense probably comes first. Yeah, it does. And and then comes the disillusionment and the, what was the third one? The bitterness. And the, well, the bitterness. the Bible talks bitterness. about a root of bitterness. The root of bitterness that comes from offense yeah. can be so, so painful. So, yeah, this reality that, and this is why we're talking about this, especially mm-hmm. in the sidewalk ministry, but any area of ministry that you're involved in, there can be the potential for offense. Yeah. You could be offended with the people you're ministering to. You could be mm-hmm. offended with the people you're ministering with. You can be offended at the churches that are not coming out and ministering yep. or the ones that are or whatever. Yep. There's all kinds of room for offense. That's why Jesus says here that it's impossible that no offense should come. Like, yeah. if you're going to be a Christian, mm-hmm. if you're going to be a human being in this world, in this fallen world full of fallen people, you're going to have offenses. There's going to be things that offend you, things yeah. that happen in a way that you didn't want them to happen. Right. And yeah. that's something you're going to deal with. Yeah. So we need to look at what the Word of God says. How do we deal with offenses biblically so that they don't become a root of bitterness that will defile us? And the Bible says that root of bitterness can defile many. People around us can get defiled. And then we become disillusioned ultimately with the body of Christ and with God. I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. offense go from being offended to a root of bitterness to being completely di- disillusioned with God, mm-hmm. where people, I mean, we talk with pro boards on the sidewalk all the time who mm-hmm. were raised in church. Right. And that's the flow of things. Yep. They got offended by mm-hmm. somebody, somebody said something to them or somebody didn't do something that they thought they should do. Yeah. Um, they got that root of bitterness. That root of bitterness grew up and just defiled them and defiled many, and then they're just completely disillusioned with the church. They don't want to have anything to do with God. It really clouds reality because the reality is not what they've painted. When you become bitter, your reality is now skewed yeah. and and um, and and incorrect, so often incorrect. Yeah. I love what John Bevere said. He said, it is not a question of opportunity to be offended based on that Luke 17 passage. Um, You will be offended, in other words. There will be opportunity to be offended. But he said, but the question is what your response will be. So it's going to come. 
Yeah. How will we respond? Can we respond in a biblical manner? And that is really where we hope that this uh, yeah. podcast will will guide yeah. Yeah. and encourage. So let's then just real quick, I think we've already done it, but let's concisely define uh-huh. what we're talking about. Yeah. What is offense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll take a stab at it. Yeah, um, offense it. is when something feels like an attack on either your person, your speech, your character, and you take it personally. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's something that someone does mm-hmm. or someone fails to do that, like you said, seems like an attack right. on you as a person. Mm-hmm. And it's an, it's an offense, right? Yeah. It feels like an offensive jab against you. Yeah. Now, one thing I think we'll get into this as we get into the meat of this podcast, we have to understand, and this is something that really helped me, and I shared this before we started uh, recording. It really helped me to get over offense and to to let things go. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's what we need to do. We need to let stuff go. Right. It's realizing and understanding I'm not that important. Mm-hmm. People aren't thinking of ways they can slight me. Mm-hmm. They aren't. They aren't thinking of how they can leave me out of stuff. So that it, it will hurt me. People aren't thinking of ways and, and things that they can say to offend me and to tear me down. Yeah. A lot of times it's negligence. A lot of times it can be us thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Yeah. And so people might say something to us that hits us the wrong way or whatever it might be. Um, it's not personal. That's that's where yeah. we get into this trap of offense is we take it personal. Yeah. Yeah. And so if we can keep from taking it personal, then I think we could keep ourselves from the trap of offense and we can we can deal with it, you know, if we need to address it on a personal level, we we do, but Right. Right. And there are two kinds there are two kinds of offense the author brings out. One is purposeful. I mean, there really is an attack. Sure. That shouldn't have happened. Yeah. And and you are actually justified in at least feeling you've been attacked. Yeah. Um, and then there's the ones that are along the lines of what you were talking about. They really had nothing to do really with you. It, yeah. was, it was just maybe thoughtlessness on their part, but they really weren't focused on you at all. They were focused yeah. on, a you know, whatever their agenda was. Yeah. And yeah. you just sort of got in the way. Yeah. Let so. me give you just a, a short little example of okay. how this might play out. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it play out on the sidewalk. Yeah. This is just for sidewalk ministry. You're there on the sidewalk. You're calling out to someone across the parking lot. Your team member who's who's in ministry with you is on the other side of the sidewalk or maybe down 50 feet or so, and they start calling out over top of you. Right. Immediately, you're like, okay, why are they? They don't think what I'm saying is valuable. You yeah. know, you, you yeah. go with the, this is where we get caught in this trap of offense. Our minds gravitate toward the worst possible scenario. They yes. don't like what I'm saying. That's right. why they're calling out. Assigning motives to them that you can't really know until you've discussed it with them. Yeah. When you drill into it, though, and this is where in that scenario, how I would deal with it if someone's calling out over me and I had offense, I would walk over there and say, hey, I noticed I was calling out earlier and you started calling over top of me. Is there some reason why? Quite likely, they didn't realize that you were calling out. Rather than attributing the worst possible motive, maybe they just didn't see that you were calling out. And in their zeal, they started calling out. That's just a simple example. It could get a lot more complex than that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's an example I thought just as it pertains to this ministry that I would bring up. It's a good example because it also shows that it could have turned into and often does turn into just you 
harbor that as yeah. bitter resentment inside of you. You don't directly address it immediately. You assume the worst, and all of a sudden you're giving your teammate the silent treatment or you're angry with them, yeah. and then you start to snap at each other and whatever. And yeah. it, it could blow up into destroying the cohesiveness of a sidewalk yeah, absolutely. team. And it's such a little thing that never needed to yeah. become big. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. I just read that, and I never knew what that meant. Yeah. But it, that's exactly, that's perfect. That's a perfect verse for that. It's often the little things that you never expect that that end up ripping apart an yeah. entire thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you think about it, in that scenario, if that happens multiple times, someone calls out over you multiple times, yeah. it kind of can reinforce that whole idea that you have in your mind. That's why... One of the ways to guard against offense is what Jesus gives us in Matthew chapter 18. Mm -hmm. If you have an offense with your brother, if you find fault with your brother, go and speak between you and them. Here's one of the things that we do to spiritualize our offense. And mm -hmm. I've seen this, probably done this. I can't remember an instance where I did, but I've seen it with others. It's easier mm -hmm. to see things in other people than I'm yourself. I'm sure I'll come up with a personal example if you need one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you spiritualize your offense by saying, yes. I want you to pray about this. You know, yeah. rather than going to the person that you have the offense with and dealing uh -huh. with it between you and them so right. they can be dealt with yes. like it's supposed to be, yeah. you go to somebody else. Yeah. I want you to be praying about this. So-and-so keeps calling out over me or so-and-so keeps, you know, whatever they keep doing, whatever thing that's offended you. Yeah. So I want you to be praying about what are you doing in that? You're sharing your offense with other people. It's veiled gossip. Yeah. It basically that's, that's what it is. It's it is. <laughs> I mean, think about how that grieves the heart of God yeah. when you're using prayer, this powerful yeah. tool that he's given us mm -hmm. in order to to really perpetuate your offense mm -hmm. when you should be dealing with it between the person that you are offended by. Mm -hmm. What you'll find is because the devil can do a really good job of building a case against people yeah. in your mind in their absence. Yeah. Right. What you'll find is it's probably there's probably a lot less to it than you thought there was. Yeah. It's not, again, that they thought that you weren't good at what you're doing and you weren't saying the right things as you're calling out, but yeah. they didn't realize that you were calling out. Yeah. Or maybe it is that they don't think that the things that you're saying are are valuable and you should be called out over. That still needs to be talked about, right? right? That needs right. to be addressed between you and them. Yeah. It, relationships are hard. Mm-hmm. But as a believer in Jesus, we have to do the hard work of building relationships with each other. Why? Because the heart of God is unity in the body. Yeah. So there are difficult conversations that need to be had sometimes. But oftentimes you'll find that the things that offend you are actually just lies from the enemy and from the flesh. Yeah. That if you just bring it out in the open, like they say, sunlight's the best disinfectant. If you bring it out in the open, out into the light, you'll find that there's really no substance to a right. lot of these things. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Agree with that totally. Um, so it's a trap. You know, offense is a trap that that this Satan sets for all of us. Yeah. And we can either fall into that trap, nurture that offense in our hearts at the point that it becomes deadly yeah. and, and dangerous. And one of the things uh, John Bevere pointed out that I thought was really interesting was what what is the most likely source of offense? And it's usually those we love the most. Yeah. yeah. Those we, the ones we expect the highest from yeah. are the ones that most easily offend us. So those would be members of our family. They certainly yeah. could be members of our team. A boss that's supposed to be looking out for you, and you yeah. find out he really wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
a little quote, and I tapped this into my phone uh, a couple of months ago, just mm-hmm. as I was thinking these things through, because this is something you're always going to deal with in ministry. Yes. It's trying to disciple people and encourage people not to be offended yeah. with each other and yeah. also not to deal with offense in your own heart. Yeah. And um, essentially, here's the quote. The people closest to you have the ability to hurt you the most mm-hmm. with the least amount of effort. Yeah. And that's true. That's yeah. a reality. Well, they know you. They know yeah. you the best. So they know if, if the offense is purposeful, they they know what it takes yeah. to cause it. They know it. the buttons to push, <laughs> They know right? the buttons. Yeah. And if it's not... Um, uh, you know, something that they are intentionally doing, it hurts because you just expect them yeah, to they protect should know you. you. They yeah. should know you. Right. Yeah. They should be more careful. So so the 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 big danger, the biggest danger of dwelling in offense is that it moves into the next stage, yeah. which is that root of bitterness. Yeah. yeah. And and when you're when you're hurt uh, what takes over is your own pride has been wounded, and it quickly becomes the source of a hardened heart. Yeah. And that hardened heart then is not willing to repent from that hardness of their own heart. They're not willing to forgive, first of all. They're not willing to repent of the need to forgive and therefore they will not be healed yeah, from the yeah. offense. And I thought that was interesting, too. The offender, whether it was purposeful or not, is really not the one that is in the deeper sin, in a sense, because it's the one who's been offended, who is now refusing forgiveness when we have all been forgiven yeah. of so much. Yeah. That is now causing it to turn into so much more than what it should have turned into. Yeah, I mean, Jesus did say that if you don't forgive, mm-hmm. then you will not be forgiven. We need right. to take that very seriously. Right. There's right. there's something heavy yeah. and something really important about this forgiveness thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to read the scripture. This is in Hebrews chapter 12 mm-hmm. and uh, I believe verse 15, where it talks about a root of bitterness. And this is a New King James Version. Okay. It says, Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this, many become defiled. Mm. So this offense that can lead to a root of bitterness Mm -hmm. doesn't just hurt you, but it can hurt people around you. And this happens when you're offended by someone, then you do that spiritualized gossip and you kind of build your own team against that person. and. Many become defiled. Some of the worst offense, if you think about it, that we can deal with is offense that we take on behalf of other people. You know, if somebody hurts your husband or your kid, yeah, that's that that's next level. Yeah, as opposed to them hurting you, right? If mm-hmm. they hurt you, mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, you can deal with it, you can move on. But if they hurt someone else and you take up offense yeah. for that person, yeah. it's hard for you to let that go. Right. So we have to guard our hearts against if we get offended, sharing that offense with others that that root of bitterness with other people, because even though we might end up releasing it and getting, you know, being, giving forgiveness to the person that offended us, the people that we got around us, those many yeah. that were defiled, yeah. they have a hard time getting over that. Yeah, exactly. You've defiled others. So there's another verse that um, was in the book, Matthew 24, actually three verses. Yeah. That's the same subject, the same um thing that you're trying to point out is that offense leads to terrible consequences. And another scripture that points that out is Matthew 24, 10 to 13. Yeah. Do you have that there? Can you you read that? Yeah. It says, and then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. 
then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. So look at that progression. To me, this was just shows the seriousness of offense. It leads to betrayal. Yeah. Hatred, false prophets, deception, lawlessness, love growing cold. Yeah. All of that from an offense. Yeah. And so it's not from the offense, it's from the one who has been offended. Right. It wasn't the offense. Yeah. That set off this terrible series of sin. It was the one who was offended, yeah. who didn't deal with it appropriately. Yeah. So I think that shows how incredibly important it is to deal with offense. Yeah. And something else that you had said is, is you know, you uh, spiritualize prayer. You can also spiritualize scripture. And what I mean is, well, it wasn't my idea actually it was John Bevere's is is that you can take scripture to support your position of why you're offended yeah there's all there probably is if it's a legitimate offense you will be able to find scripture to support it but without the love of God to balance that yeah that scripture is being used as a weapon yeah and to further your own offense your own sense of being offended right yeah so yeah I will say this that you have to, as a believer in Jesus, because we're primarily talking about co-believers in Jesus, right? Fellow right. believers in Jesus and you yeah. being offended by people on your team, your sidewalk team or whatever uh, ministry you're involved in. Um, you have to believe the best about the people that you're in ministry with mm-hmm. unless you have a large body of evidence to the contrary. When Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he talks about love and what love looks like. And one of the things he says is that love believes all things. That could be translated into love believes the best. Mm. We have to believe the best about our fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord unless we're given a compelling reason to believe otherwise. And then if we have a compelling reason to believe otherwise, we have to confront it. Right. We ha- Listen, for, for the love of our brothers and sisters in the Lord— if there's a egregious sin and if they're going around just offending everyone, right? Because mm-hmm. there are people like that that mm-hmm. just they're they're brash, they're inconsiderate, they're maybe new believers in Jesus and their their relationship skills aren't the best. Right. There needs to be a confrontation rather yeah. than just that person offending this person, that person, and then just building this team of people against them. Yeah. You've got to address it between you and them for yeah. their sake, but also for your sake. Yeah. Um because, again, the devil would do a great job of building a case against people in their absence in your mind. And if you don't decide to believe the best about your brothers and sisters in the Lord, you're, you're going to have this perfect case against this person without a really compelling evidence against them. It's just stuff in your mind. They did this or did that. Yeah. But it was really not a compelling case that that person is in sin or whatever. I honestly think that is one of the most important things that you have taught me, Daniel, because I know you've told you've said that to me before many times um, to always believe the best in others. And I do think my natural tendency might not be. (laughs) And so because of that, I think I do tend to um, take offense more often than I should. Yeah. And I do think that that's one of the antidotes to that is just 
assume the best yeah. in in that person until you find out otherwise. Yeah. Now that in sidewalk ministry, I will tell you can can be a two edged sword. Sure. Because I tend to assume the best of the moms I'm counseling. Yeah. And oftentimes they don't deserve that. Sure. Oftentimes they truly are lying. Yeah. Or deceiving or even outright using yeah. me or our ministry for a purpose that is wrong. Yeah. Well, that's so. one of the reasons why I qualified it. Yeah. And I said, you have to, for your brothers and sisters in the Lord, you have to believe the best. Right. Remember, these are people that are indwelt by the same Holy Spirit that you're indwelt by. Yeah. Right. They are believers. They are brothers and sisters in the Lord. You have to believe the best about them. Yeah. And let me just say this. You don't have an option. You, mm-hmm. you do not have an option. As a believer in Jesus, you do not have the option to believe the worst about your fellow brothers and sisters in the right. Lord. Right. Yeah. If, you're, if you have that as a default, where you always believe the worst about people, that's a problem in your heart. You yeah. need to deal with it. It's probably because there's some things in your heart that have not been dealt with. Yeah. Now, as it pertains to the, to the men and women that we minister at, at the abortion center who are not born again— we have to look at the scenario. The reality is they're they're going to take the life of their child. We have to look at our experiences that they consistently lie to us. Now, that doesn't mean that our position immediately is to believe the worst about them, but we got to kind of come with neutral ground as far as that's concerned, right? We got to yep. we got to hear what they're saying through that filter that there are people at a place about to take the life of their baby and they could be lying to us. Yeah. Um and so there is a different approach that we have now. Of course, the things that they're saying, again, the people that are closest to us have the um, the ability to offend us the most with the least amount of effort. Those people at the abortion center, we don't know them. So they're not close to us. Yeah. So even if they're lying to us or whatever, it doesn't really offend us. It, we're not easily offended by them. Normally, we're easily offended by the people we're ministering with. True. And and the, the people that, uh, that we minister to, oftentimes, I don't take offense even though I know I'm being lied to because of my expectations. My expectations are different for them. I expect to be lied to. I do expect they're women in crisis or people in crisis. And I I know that people in crisis often act in ways that are are not great. So I'm more charitable, I think, towards them than I am exactly what you said, towards loved ones or people that I expect more from. So we have a wonderful model. For dealing with offense. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's lots. There's lots of biblical models. But as in so many times, the best model, and every time. Yeah. <laughs> the best model is Jesus. Yeah. And how absolutely. he dealt with offense. Because he certainly uh had to face a, a lot of people offending <laughs> in his ministry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're talking about the very son of God. Yeah. The one who made all things, the one for whom all things were made. Mm-hmm. the Lord of glory, the King of mm-hmm. majesty. If anyone could rightly take offense mm-hmm. and be offended, it could be Jesus, right? Oftentimes we're offended because we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Mm-hmm. Jesus couldn't think more highly of himself than he ought to because he's the highest one of all, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, and yet you see in Jesus' ministry, now he certainly confronts the Pharisees. They say offensive things about him and to him, but notice how he doesn't just talk about them behind their backs, but he confronts them to their faces. And when it happens, it's immediate. Yeah, he yeah. deals with it. He doesn't foster like hatred in his heart or anything. Right. He yeah. deals with it immediately. Now, let's not forget, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ died for the Pharisees as well. Right. Right. 
So he didn't hold bitterness in his heart and withhold good because that's Mm -hmm. ultimately what happens. When you Mm -hmm. hold bitterness or offense in your heart, it becomes a root of bitterness. You end up withholding good from the people that you should do good to. We end up doing the very thing Jesus said not to do. When we're offended and we have a root of bitterness, you know how it says that we should do unto others as we'd have them to do unto us? Mm -hmm. When we get bitterness and offense in our hearts, we oftentimes do the opposite, right? Right. We do. We try to get back at them. In often underhanded ways. Often underhanded ways. Yeah. They left us out of a conversation or whatever. So I'm going right. to leave them out of conversation. Exactly. <laughs> they, I'm going to uh, be passive aggressive, but we won't call it that. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. called out over top of me at the sidewalk or they handed out literature in front of me at the driveway. And so I'm going to start doing it in front of them. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever it might be, it's the opposite of what Jesus called us to do. And it's the opposite of what Jesus did. Yeah. He had all yeah. kinds of reasons and justifications to be offended. But ultimately, what does he do? He goes to a cross and he dies for those very people. Think about this, okay? John chapter 13, when Jesus washes his, washes his disciples' feet, mm-hmm. who's in that room? Judas. The very one that betrayed him. The very right. one, if, if Jesus wanted, be, wanted to be offended right. and hold a root of bitterness against anyone and could yeah. be perfectly justified in doing so in the eyes yeah. of the world, it yeah. would be Judas, the one who betrayed him. Jesus knew he was going to betray him. Yeah. Jesus knew all the things that Judas was going to do that was set in his heart to do, right? Mm-hmm. It was already in motion that he was mm-hmm. going to be betrayed by Judas. What does Jesus do? Washes the guy's feet, mm-hmm. right? And so if we're going to come with the heart of Jesus and we're going to live after the example of Jesus, we've got to be willing to wash the feet of people that offend us. Yeah. We've got to be willing to do what Jesus did. And he says, even from the cross, what's what's his word? Father, I hold offense against them, so strike them all down dead. Surprisingly, no. No. He could have. He would have been totally Certainly justified. What does he say from the cross? Yeah. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. What does he decide right. to do? To yeah. believe the best about them. Yeah. They're, they're deceived. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. And so... He, what does he do? He puts it in the hands of God. And I think that will kind of wrap this thing up for us as you in this article Mm -hmm. um, talk about some things that we can do instead of having offense. Yeah. And the first thing is to trust God to right the wrong. So important. Absolutely. It just takes so much stress off of you. God sees it all. God knows it all. Yeah. Everything will be made right. We are, we are promised that. Yeah. 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 Leave it in the Lord's hands. Oftentimes yeah. we're offended when we get left out of stuff or whatever mm-hmm. because we think that we deserve a certain position. Yeah. Let God put you in that position. Yeah. Don't try to put yourself in that position by holding offense and talking about people behind their backs or, right. you know, leave it in the hands of the Lord. The Lord will lift you up. The Bible says that God will take the low places and lift them up and the high places and bring them low. Let God deal with that stuff. Yeah. And prayer, unlike the prayer you described where you, the gossip prayer, prayer to God in the midst of your offense is perfectly appropriate Yeah, to say, help me, help me yeah. through this, help me to know what to do and, and rely on him. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so continuing on this list, love others and forgive. Listen, yeah. forgiveness yeah. is not just a, a feeling. Okay, Mm -hmm. forgiveness is something you do cognitively. Mm -hmm. I'm going to decide, even though I'm offended at this person, I'm going to forgive them. Now, Mm -hmm. that forgiveness oftentimes is is started. The beginning of that forgiveness is confronting the thing that offended you and dealing with it. Right. Um, But you've got to decide to forgive. You don't have an option. 
That is right. that is a non-negotiable. You have no option. God has given you no option. If you're going to remain a Christian, <laughs> yeah. God has given you no option to hold unforgiveness against people. That's you right. You cannot do it. That's it's impossible. right. And, and a whole different podcast is the difference me- between um, the need for forgiveness and the need to reconcile. You don't have yeah. to be reconciled necessarily right. in terms of um, like an ongoing relationship if, if the offense is truly yeah. damaging, toxic, but you are required to forgive. Yeah. You have to forgive them yeah. in your heart. You have to. Yeah. Um, and then you can learn things from these trials that come. No doubt about it. God can use the offense, the root of bitterness by his grace. If you get over it and release it to him and, and forgiveness, God yeah. can use this to help you grow, right? Yeah. You think about it. If anyone can be offended, it could be God offended at us because mm-hmm. of our sin. Mm-hmm. But what does he do? He chooses to forgive. Yeah. And so you can learn to be more like Jesus as you choose to forgive. Yeah. Right? And and Jesus is the perfect example of learning obedience in, in a trial. I mean, he, he went to the cross. He was completely obedient to the Father's will in that. And we know that it's not necessarily what he wanted to do yeah it said he he sweated drops of blood you know in the garden the night before so it was it was not a pleasant task in front of him but he completely obeyed god yeah 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 and as an example to all of us Mm -hmm. jesus was a man full of forgiveness right ready to release any offense or bitterness he didn't have a root of bitterness yeah and uh the, the the example of Jesus is the pinnacle of how we should live and how we should operate in ministry. There's a few other things on yeah. this list. I would encourage you guys to get a hold of this article. It'll be on the Sidewalks for Life website and equipping articles. Also, again, I encourage you guys, again, I'm not trying to sell books or anything like that. Nope, you don't make any money off, no commission no, off no. of selling I don't even book. know John Brevere, <laughs> although I'd love to meet the guy. Yeah. Um, that book, The Bait of Satan, is so important. I would encourage yeah. all of you guys with all of your teams, if you can do it, to go through that book with your teams, because not only does it talk about how to deal with offense that you might have in your heart currently, yeah, but it also talks about how to guard against it. It's not a super long book. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, there may be some things in there that offend you. He deals with stuff really forthrightly. Mm-hmm. And uh, you might get offended by some of the things that he says and the ways that he says them. Yeah. But you need it. We need to be, we need to deal with the things that are in our hearts so that we can help others deal with things in their hearts, right? You can't give what you don't have. Yeah, so if we're amen. bound ourselves in bitterness and unforgiveness, how are we going to help these moms mm-hmm. that a lot of times are bound in bitterness and unforgiveness? Mm-hmm. And how are we going to help encourage each other, mm-hmm. right? So I want to encourage you guys. Um, I appreciate you listening to this episode. Hopefully it was a blessing to you. And uh, I want to encourage you guys to share this episode with your teams, share this episode with others who would be blessed by it. I think this is a vital subject, and I think the devil will use offense to tear apart ministries. I've seen him do it. I've seen him tear apart whole churches because of offense. Yep. And so in as much as it depends on us, let's let's forgive. Let us not walk in offense and, and bitterness and disillusionment. And uh, please share this episode with others, as I said, and please leave us a review. Uh, we won't be offended if you don't, um, but we'd be <laughs> blessed if you will. Reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org. If you have suggestions for future episodes or maybe comments about this particular episode, you can reach out to Vicki, Vicki with a Y at lovelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. But until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life 
seems too precious since I met you. 